mockumentary about vampires. Right, and what do you think about that? Because Modern Family... What do I think about... Well, it's it's the fact that Modern Family ended in 2020, and when that ended, they people all got, were saying... They all got bit at the very ending no, episode, and this is a spinoff. But with a mockumentary, like, that kind of format died out. Maybe you had Trial and Error, that was, like, another one that was there, but it was... Trial and Error was, less. I thought, a better show than it got credit for. It did get two seasons, but I think when John Lithgow left, they lost a lot of credibility among the audience, yeah, and, and, and the then it season. just dropped off. But it didn't do that well, like rating wise. I think it got canceled. And my point is, is that <laughs> Modern think? Family was like kind of the last good mockumentary that people remember. So I was surprised to see that they went the same route in this that they also went with in the movie. I have four uh, things listed here, and I want to see what shows, uh, what are the similarities between it and what aren't. So the shows that this, I have sorry, listed, the similarities between Modern Family. And what we do in the shadows. Well, that's the, that's the first one, yeah. But I have three other shows that I want to see the similarities to. So, but with Mar Family and what we do in the shadows, is there any uh, parallel between the two? Well, the whole point of a mockumentary is it takes the characters and then brings them to the side, and they all say kind of clueless things. This is definitely more ridiculous. I mean, you're dealing with a bunch of vampires living in modern day. If you've seen the movie, this is basically. Very similar. Like, they even took some of the character, like, Jermaine Clement's character in that is kind of Nandor in this. Um, but they, the p- movie creatures still exist in this world. Like, but, do you see any of them in this episode? Yes, we see Taika Waititi. He's the main vampire now. Uh, but we also get, like, the familiar was a very common person in the first film. and the, So I've seen a couple episodes throughout the series, and it's now in its junior year, its third season. It's not too old to be stale, it's developed a stable audience, and it's basically proved itself that it can not just be a ripoff of a popular film, it it can do its own thing. Which, I think in the first episode, they had to respond to what they did in the season two finale. Right, they wrapped up the second episode, it really like showed its wings and and showed it could fly by itself. It was pretty fun. The second episode is, I would recommend, higher than the first episode. Yeah, and that's how the IMDb scores are. I have a lot of facts about Taika Waititi just in himself, but I have one fake fact. And as we go through the podcast, I want to see if you're going to be able to guess which one it is. But going back to the shows that we compare it to, Death Valley, is it anything like that? I yes. Like more so? Some of the characters are just as stupid as the characters in <laughs> Death Valley were. Um, Death Valley was also making fun of monsters. Like, it wasn't from their perspective. This is sort of the anti-hero complex that we're looking at, Megamind. Um, like, it's a good time to remind anyone who's unaware. The premise of the show, vampires are clumsy, petty, tech inept, socially handicapped narcissists that ultimately are so blind that you end up feeling bad for them in the situations that they put themselves into. And so you look at Thor from the first movie when he comes to Earth and he's like smashing stuff and just treating people like shit because he doesn't understand better. That's kind of what vampires are because they can't be bothered to learn about Twitter and TikTok and how to how exchanges go between humans. So that's kind of where the humor lies and, and the interactions between themselves and how they're unable to communicate um, or, or legislate how they want to do things like all everything the smartest character out of the entire show is guillermo and he wants to become a vampire he's their familiar and he just follows them around however i guess at the end of the last season we find out that he's related to van helsing or he has like vampire hunter blood right that was so, a twist yeah so when the vampires that we're following here which are nandor laszlo nadia colin robinson the energy vampire who's the most normal looking dude um, and then you have Nadia Puppet, who I guess we see in the first episode. I hadn't, 
remembered her character from beforehand, but she's just a puppet that's also sort of a vampire, but just like a recreation of Nadia. When you say puppet, like... Yeah, she just sits on a chair. She looks like... She's just a puppet. So, like, almost like uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead. Uh, Ash vs. the Evil Dead. When when he's a puppet, and, like, he's evil, and he's fighting one of the main... Yeah, uh, yeah, sort of. But she's on her side. Like, they're both friends with each other and stuff. (laughs) They agree with each other. Um... But their whole thing in The Prisoner, which is the first episode of this season, is they have Guillermo trapped in the basement because they can't decide whether or not he is on their side or not. Last season, they were called in front of the vampiric council because he had killed a human or sorry, a vampire. And they shall not kill vampires. That's the one rule. Right. And so that vampiric council was going to kill all of them. And then Guillermo comes in and just massively just takes out all the vampires in that council. And so now they're just kind of stuck in their house. They're kind of afraid of him. But at the same time, he just wants to help them, you know? So so, uh, so, so every time they go downstairs, they're like giving him raw chicken and being like, we're thinking of killing you and changing his poop bucket. Like Colin Robinson is really obsessed and it's obvious that he has a thing for right, feces. Yeah, yeah. I My question is, is that with the movie that came out, there wasn't a lot of dramatic heft that was in it. And is neither it, is this. No. So this isn't, this isn't supposed to have any emotional moments to it at all. None more so than the comedic emotion. Like, in the second episode, you have Nandor, who is, like, fawning over this girl at the gym named Meg. And, like, it's not a real love story or anything. He just... There's a cloak in the second episode. We'll get into it. But everybody starts wearing the cloak because it can make you look like anyone. And everybody's looking like Nandor and going (laughs) in and trying to hit on this girl. Yeah, I I know that uh, Kayvon Novak, he's the person who plays Nandor, said that that was the most monotonous thing in the episode, him having to kind of act like everyone else. He even got voice acting memos from people on how to be able to make it more authentic and act like them. Yeah, it was hilarious. Yeah, (laughs) it was great. No, uh, um, so Guillermo in the first episode, though, we should get through this plot real quick. Uh, Despite wanting to just be there for them, he kind of has to manipulate them all the time to get them to reach the right conclusions, like don't kill him. <laughs> and so he finds a way to leave the basement really quickly. He wouldn't be able to survive on raw chicken anyways. So the steel grate just comes off and he leaves during the night, cleans up after all of them, does the chores, blows out the candles, you know, takes care of the bodies, stuff that they don't even think about during the day. And then uh, he goes and gets McDonald's for himself, comes back before the morning's over, and then just hangs out in the cage all day. He's not the antagonist of the show, right? Guillermo? Yeah. No, like, so it's pretty clear that, again, he just was promised that he could become a vampire at some point. We see even a backflash of that. Nandor promises in that, and then uh, they never want to actually go through with it, right? Well, the, yeah, people have compared him to Jim Halpert, and he's definitely done the most Jim interviews Halbert? before the show, yeah, from The Office. Oh, no, this guy is much more needy um he's a nice guy i guess in that sense he's like jim halpert but yeah so for the rest of the episode he ends up seeing another vampire trying to break in and he thinks oh no i have to go save them because they killed the vampire council he thinks that everybody's after them so do they uh he goes upstairs and (laughs) is he the main character of the first episode no but he's sort of the hero like you can tell he's just there to save them basically whenever they get into too much trouble and so the three vampires are there or Four vampires are there debating whether or not to kill him. And then Kristen Shaw jumps in. Kristen Shaw from uh, Last Man yeah, on Earth. Yeah, from, from a ton of stuff. People and she's, said she's there a to guide us through the rest of the premiere, basically telling us all this. Because think about it. If you're running a TV show and in the second season, you make it that they have to go to war with everybody, your main characters. But the main characters are 
need to stay in that house all the time because part of the gimmick of the show is that they're in this gothic house and they refuse to leave that would be pretty boring if like what are they going to have an army approach the house they they can't go on the run so instead Kristen Shaw shows up she's a representative for the bigger vampiric council yeah she was in the first season the highest rated episode called the trial so they brought her back for the two episodes yeah she is a videotape and i assume the reason why taika watiti wasn't actually there is because of either covid or because this was just funnier she sticks it into the vcr they have trouble with the remote guillermo helps them and then taika watiti goes in saying you broke the one rule this is terrible however you also showed a lot of tenacity or whatever you guys are the new vampire council of the eastern board uh seaboard of the new world or something yeah like and, that. and the thing about taika watiti is um when they were making this show they did ask if he wanted to be in it but he found the whole entire concept of him continuously needing to shave and just all the whole process of making him look like a vampire Shaving with all the makeup the yeah no that's what he said <laughs> and same with jermaine he, jermaine was wondering why they needed to move it to the states as opposed to new zealand where they actually shot the film so that's the that reason is true why... it is in staten island which i find a little funny especially if you look at like things like king of staten island which completely yeah completely different i mean movie. they shot this in toronto but yeah you're right it, it takes place in Staten Island mm-hmm. um, but that's the reason why because they did ask the original cast if they wanted to do it but there was just a lot of other things that got in the way but go ahead yeah so at this point Guillermo is now set free they bring him upstairs and they say all right we're gonna make you a vampire bodyguard that's one step above a familiar you're actually a fully fledged member you're just not gonna be a vampire and he's like how am I a fully fledged member if I'm not a vampire and they said eh. <laughs> and then they were like well we also have to like scramble your brain and then they show this like scary thing that happens every time someone's hypnotized by more than one vampire like progressively if there's more than one it gets to the point where you just become deranged a psychopath and so all four of them decide to hypnotize him so he's gonna become a psychopath now but he's actually immune to hypnosis because he's had so much of it and he knew that (laughs) so he he was completely into it and then he had to just go along with the fact that like uh, is call, he faking it or is he... yes he's faking it to a certain point uh basically they just want to make sure that he's not going to kill them and then colin also adds on the <laughs> the command that every time he says his name that he meows and so now he's free to walk around the house again kristen shawl takes them all to the lobby of the building to which the uh vampiric council meets and it's in the basement level that they meet it's just a normal office building from the outside but then like you go downstairs and it's just this underground layer i think we've seen it before yeah the the trial right yes but this is now their place because they're in charge so they live there or no 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 they go there to like do political things like run the housing committee or whatever they do uh so then she says someone has to sit in the throne here someone has to be the main master the supreme leader you're all in charge but someone's the big boss Ah, okay and so laszlo immediately tags out he's like no thank you and that's probably the smartest idea because uh, the rest all three of the rest of them keep going and by the second episode um we see that both nandor and nadia are splitting the duty for now but they both are ready to backstab each other as soon as possible right yeah because i was seeing online a lot of people were saying which one is going to get the throne and people were saying well with nandor and nadia it seems like since they are backstabbing each other they're both not going to get it some people were saying colin would probably be the one to get it and then other people were like no it still makes sense if nandor got it because he's the main like kind of character of the show so what do you what do you think i guess is, is what i'm asking I don't know if that's the real the real question of the second episode to me is what is behind the door 
So they stole something straight from the IT crowd, straight from SpongeBob. What they did <laughs> was Kristen Shaw is taking them through this building, this underground layer. There's a lot more rooms than what you'd originally expect. There's first, there's a snack room where you see a bunch of hanging dead bodies and they're just like there for snacks. They mm-hmm. replace them on Fridays. Uh, you have Jeez. the Chamber of Curiosities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a funny show. Yeah. Uh, you have, which is just an antique room filled with all these like uh, old timey ma- magical artifacts and stuff. And also like Van Helsing's dick. Um <laughs> They, they just keep in a jar. So, like, really sophomoric humor, but so funny. Sophomoric? Yeah, okay. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so then there's, in that room, the living quarters of the sire, the oldest living vampire in the world, that you only hear groans and, like, creaks from. And they open the door, and it, like, blasts air. And so, like, I, that door is going to open up at some point, and it's going to be just, like, some guy walking out, and he's going to be like, oh, man, I've been in there forever. <laughs> but he's going to be, like, the oldest vampire. Well, I mean, Victor... I know, I know that in the original movie, the oldest vampire looked ridiculous in that. Right, he was really gray. Victor, but this right. is supposed to be the main oldest vampire. So I don't know if we'll ever see him, but just the tease of that made me be like... And at the end of the episode, they did they showed that he was still in there. Like, he's, he's really wanted to get out but you could hear him but you didn't actually see him you could the he has a little door flap in which he can like <laughs> get meals and stuff i assume and uh that just blew open because he's like angry yeah well when, <laughs> uh, so there's that yeah. and then there's the cloak of uh d- duplication which is the main factor of this episode mm-hmm. because you learn that when someone wears that cloak they can look like someone else so everybody chooses to look like nandor and Nandor has this side plot where it, the show really starts to find its footing where he likes to go to the gym because he used to be a warrior and um, he's he's just confused that people don't also like to flaunt their bodies but <laughs> he is also hitting on this uh, the receptionist lady named Meg who is very kind to him always gives him a towel asks how his day is and he has a little crush on her and so he asks Laszlo of all the people because um, Laszlo's just hanging out in the library at this point by the way a huge library in this in this new place that they live in that has almost all the facts for them to check it out and Laszlo's looking at all this so it's old very pornography all this <laughs> yeah um, so he's just spending his time with that so Nandor says hey can you do me a solid can you go up I know you're a ladies man get Meg uh, to go out with me and Laszlo's like oh you want me to go talk to your girlfriend have sex with her and then come back and tell you about it and he's like no just the first part and he's like oh um okay and so the next scene we see is laszlo then passing off the duty to colin and that's where it starts getting really funny because when they first introduced the cloak i'm like okay everybody's gonna try to like stab each other in the back again this is where nadia's gonna like take over or whatever right, yeah, so much, yeah. but instead it, they use it in the most ridiculous way possible where they're just trying to help nandor out with this girl so you send the energy vampire in there and the energy vampire decides it, and the way they do the cloak thing sorry to make this so confusing but like every time you put it on you may look like the person, but you still sound exactly still sound like yourself. Like yourself okay. So the guy who plays Nandor had to do a lot of good <laughs> acting in this. It was it was very yeah. Funny. He said it was it was very taxing. But... Yeah, but Colin's voice coming out of him while he's doing the expression is very similar similar to Colin Mockery and Ryan Styles. <laughs> like when they're doing the uh, fake arms thing. Or, yes. Yeah. Um. So he's in there and he decides that he's going to neg Meg by just like insulting her and getting her to go out with him that doesn't work he calls her dipshit right off the bat and then he, and then he just like starts going after her in, in in the most um rude way possible he gets kicked out then laszlo gets interested because uh colin comes back and he's like she just she's just not interested in guys <laughs> and so then laszlo's like oh let me give it a try and so he jumps in uh to the cloak and uh he goes there, and he's actually a little bit more smooth. He brings flowers. He's doing the right thing. But then he 
pulls out like let me show you something he starts showing her the porn he gets kicked out too <laughs> He's, his excuse for the way he had acted earlier was that he was on drugs <laughs> and she bought it. Um, but right before he left, he hypnotized her into not remembering anything about that. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, so that's that when, yeah. So that when Guillermo then, Guillermo's been stuck in a closet this whole time because uh, Kristen Shaw wanted him and, and he keeps on breaking in through with the vent. So he falls in. There's physical humor. He gets into the cloak and Lazlo says, you, you go try. And so now it's Guillermo and Guillermo's all about... <laughs> how he's overlooked for becoming a vampire, like Nandor's not paying attention. Mm -hmm. So when he goes to talk to Meg, he actually gets a date with her rather quickly, and they're having a conversation. But he's talking about Nandor the whole time, but he's talking about him as, like, in a third person. Like, I like like this guy, he's not helping me out with this, and she's thinking that he's gay. Oh, okay, so it's like like liar, liar when uh, Jim Carrey goes into the, like, at the very end, the courtroom, and he starts talking about someone else in third person, not wanting to say that he was the person who beat him up. Yeah. Anyone gets that reference? Great, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nandor, we'll get into Nandor and what Nadia and the rest of them have been doing in a second because that's just a little bit of the plot. But he, at the end of the episode, goes to talk to Meg directly. He thinks that Laszlo was successful. He hasn't talked oh, to him really. Okay. So he's like, okay. So he gets there and he's like, so uh, I hear we talked earlier and I just want to. And she's like, yeah, we talked about how you're going to talk to that one guy or whatever. <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 I like you. Um, and then she's like, but I, I'm lesbian. <laughs> so the whole time it was like the joke was right. Um, so you asked earlier if like there's any deep moments. It's like his one relationship that he wanted to have ends up going nowhere. And then the only other thing that happens in this episode is that Nadia and, uh, and Nandor and Colin go to another house. But it's more just a bunch of college kids who have decided to disband from the vampiric council and they're not going to respond to any of those things and, and Nadia's not having it and so at the end of that storyline she just kills the person who's leading that group like he just takes his heart out <laughs> and like holds it and, like, and then everybody just bows to her and then they all leave. <laughs> so what's um, the body count? Is he the only one that dies? Yes he's the only one who died okay. but the whole time they're like preaching socialism and how they want to like change the vampire set um, and then also Colin meets another energy vampire who's like a big fan. A big fan of Colin <laughs> and at one point they're having a conversation and he's like are, are you are you trying to like take my energy right now because Colin's just having a boring conversation and then Colin's like no I wouldn't I wouldn't do that I, I, so yeah I know that I compared Guillermo to Jim Halpert but when I was reading about Colin it seemed like he reminded me a lot of Daryl from the Thor sketches on the extras of Civil War where that was the person that Thor lived with yes yeah there's also but also Ta- Taika Waititi is part of that whole like universe so I'm not surprised that there's some humor in that that he's injected well I, I was wondering if they were similar in, in that vein yeah, I mean, there's the buddy-buddy comedy where one of them is the smart one and the other one is... It's like that George Clooney Omaze thing that came out. You always have the straight guy and then the person who's, like, wacko. And so, like, you need one person to keep him grounded. Guillermo, in most parts, is grounded. Colin is... Colin's crazy, though, because he's, like, he's obsessed with the poop bucket. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, I mean... he's, like, he's obsessed with it. I know that Guillermo and Nado, uh, Nandor... The, this season, they're, you're supposed to see their relationship kind of evolve, like because T- together or just right. separately. No, together. Like they're supposed they to be bonding. They haven't really spent that much time okay. together. Well, yeah, yeah it's, it's ten episodes, so I'm thinking. I'm thinking you're probably going to see that later on yeah. in the series. Uh, did it seem like they were trying to introduce any new characters? Because what happened in season two was a lot of the intelligent vampires. I'll just say that they're they're not going to show up anymore. Yeah. So in season three, it seems like they people were saying, well, they might try to introduce a lot of new characters to kind of rebuild the show a little bit. Maybe. They didn't introduce really anything besides Christian Shawl. 
as far as a person, but they did introduce things as far as like all that library could offer as far as storylines, that antique room, the cloak could just be the first object. Who knows? Mm, there could yeah. be other cool things that lead to different plots. I, the, the thing about the show is you could never have asked me in the first episode of the season that the second episode would take place in a gym trying to flirt <laughs> with a girl. So it can go anywhere that it wants. And that's what I think the creative, uh, it, it's not like Rick and Morty where it has to keep on outdoing itself, you know? Right. And then that can sometimes fall apart because then it's like, uh, you've gone too far. You've well, destroyed feels, the universe one too feels, many times. They, they're not going to do that. It feels like it has the same humor as other FX comedies, Dave, The League, Archer, Wilfred, which you, and it's always saying Philadelphia, all that stuff. But would you put this it is more in of the, an ensemble cast than any of the ones that you just said, except for The League. Well, would you put it in the upper tier of those type of comedies? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the humor is specific enough to vampires <laughs> that it, there's just been so many kid uh, or CW shows that have like glorified right, vampires yeah, yeah. and made them into sexy things that like <laughs> you can just endlessly make fun of this. And also that door, I, I'll go back to it. In the IT crowd, it'd be funny if they brought in the guy who was behind the door and not to go into too many spoilers for the IT crowd, but it, for the vampire in Russell this show. Russell Brand's friend? Yeah, Russell Brand's friend. Yeah, this is not the only show, though, to take place in what we do in the Shadows universe. You know the show Wellington Police? That's about the cops. Um, yeah, but that, but that was the show that we were going to do until we realized that it's already in its like third season, but yeah. it was brought to the U.S. and it was in its first season. It also reminds me of like, the no activities well, that no, were brought over. But with yeah. Wellington Police, like that takes place in the literal universe as what we do in the Shadows. Oh, wow. It follows the police officers. How, yeah, so they'd be the good guys. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. So it, it's completely different. And the thing about this show is that's that, that's almost exactly like if you would compare that show with Death Valley, that seems very much like it would be following the same. Right, yeah. And Taika Waititi, uh, for the movie, it was more like they knew where they were gonna go. Almost like uh, when you have soap operas, it was like this is where the scene needs to lead to. But it was mostly improvisation. Yes. There's a lot of improvisation in this show, but it feels like it. It's different in the fact that they do actually have like a script <laughs> this time to, to follow. Maybe um, for some scenes, but some of them definitely feel like, hey, you guys can kind of, as long as you head in one direction, have fun with it. Well, yeah, Watiti was part of an improv group. They were called So You're a Man, and they consisted of five people. It took place, I think, right Four after he was man. in college. No, <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, that's definitely where he derives a lot of his humor from. I have three uh, truths and a lie game. I want to see if you can guess which one is the lie. All right. Um, so the first one is, uh, 125 hours of footage was shot. This was for the movie. It took a full year to whittle it down to 90 minutes. And that was based off of a 150-page script by Jermaine Clayne and uh, Clement and Taika Waititi. That's Wait, how, how long is the script? A uh, 150-page script. If it's a 150-page script, you're saying that it was 150 hours. 125 hours. 125 hours. That would mean it was almost an hour per page? I don't think so. Okay, well, the next one is... For the episode, the trial cape... Wait, three truths and a lie? Three truths. So only one of them is... Only one is a lie, oh, yeah. okay. For the episode, the trial cape, Blanchett was supposed to make a cameo appearance, but Watiti and Clement only wanted known pop culture vampire actors, so they had to reject her. Yes, okay, move on. Uh, and then the next one was, his short movie, Two Cars, One Night, earned him an Academy Award nomination in 2005 award ceremony, and he famously feigned falling asleep until his name was called. That was Taika Waititi. Okay. And then uh, the next one was Taika Waititi wrote the script and music and starred in ADBC, a rock opera, in 2004. I mean, that one seems the most normal out of the three. Um, the second, the third one was something about him falling asleep. <clears throat> if when that he, one's yeah. true, then I'm just going to ignore it. The 
Second one was about the um, Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett. Mind show for the trial episode. I know that they. I mean, Reese Darby was in the movie, and and so I know and, it and, did go and, to regular actors, but it does feel like something that might have happened. I'll go with A. I'll just say that A's fake. 125 hours is just a lot of. No, that that was real. Uh, uh, they shot 125 hours. Yeah, and someone had to whittle, whittle that down. down. 90 minutes, and also. No the, wonder it was funny. Like the, <laughs> it was just probably so. Just like a nine to one ratio. It was Matt Barry who wrote the script and music and started in ADBC. So that's an actual fact that Matt Barry did, but it wasn't Taika Waititi. And you mentioned Reese Darby. Taika Waititi was actually cast in that role for Fly of the Concords. I think even during the unaired pilot, he was actually that character. But mm -hmm. then in the end, um, they chose Reese Darby. And I think he still helped out with production for it. Obviously, he's very close with Well, he them. was a werewolf. Well, he was probably going to star in the sequel that they were planning on making called Werewolves until they decided to scrap that for the television show. You said werewolves like was two names. Yeah, werewolves. Where are wolves? Like Yeah, but that's what they were gonna like it was a play on words. Got it. And uh yeah, so the show overall has gone a ninety seven percent on Ron Tomatoes, ninety five percent audience score, first season ninety four percent. Uh, and then 98%, and then this season got 100%. Um, it did just come out, though. It has an 8.5 on IMDb, on the IMDb Top 250. So not as good as the murder show that we did last, which had an 8.7. No, but, I mean, this also has, is more They're solidified. both on Hulu, though. So if you want to just back-to-back, back, like, awesome <laughs> comedies, then you can just do that. Mysteries, almost, yeah. Because I think Guillermo is a mystery. Like, is is he going to... And I think he's just going to unintentionally keep killing the vampires. Not the main four, but, like, other ones. And he's never going to become one himself. And because he is, like, the spawn of uh, Van Helsing, he's well, got... Th that is his destiny. Well, yeah, it's a So that's the mystery to me, is, like, how they're going to keep this going on for so long. It is, it is a joke, kind of, within the series that people do die throughout, but just the main four have always lived, and yeah. that's been something that's With happened. guest stars and stuff. Yeah. Digital Trends said the series continues to be one of the most smartly scripted, funny, and wonderfully acted shows on TV as it kicks off another season. It's already been renewed for season four last month, and then was renewed for season three back in, like, January of 2021, so it's very successful. I think that, like, a pilot got, like, 1.4 million views which was huge for FX. So yeah, you're probably going to be seeing this for the next couple of years. Mm -hmm. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye.